Well, grace, peace, and mercy be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Clean and unclean. Nothing unclean has ever entered my mouth. Go ahead and raise your hand if uh, you believe that to be the case for you today. Just go ahead. Nothing unclean. I'm not seeing anyone. Okay, so I just want to let you know, because you may be wondering, well, what's on the clean list and what's on the unclean list? I mean, that could be a real, uh, a real challenge for you today, okay? So, chocolate. Oh, yeah, everyone's voting clean on that one, okay? So, yeah, I, yeah um, let's see. Uh, so, so we go chocolate. How about soda? Oh, huh. We got a few. Well, that's clean. <laughs> I hope. I'm up to six cans a day. <laughs> it's all diet, though, so we're all good. <laughs> well, we take a little step down the gradient here. Let's see. Uh, uh, something of a, a burning nature, maybe. Uh, had smoke from it. I, I won't name uh, maybe what uh, kind of caused it, but uh, is that clean or unclean? Clean. <laughs> <laughs> huh, okay, smoking th- kinds of things, maybe clean, unclean. Well, that's interesting. Um, battery acid. Oh, unclean. Okay, so we clear demarcation between battery acid and chocolate. Okay, so the reason I want to kind of, that's how I think. I, I kind of go from one extreme to the other, and then somewhere in the middle is life. At least it is in my life. I mean, somewhere in the middle, I'm sitting here trying to go clean or unclean. Watch a shirt, certain show, and, and I go, well, it, it's really artistically done, and I, I really enjoy the writing. It's very witty. And then all of a sudden, somebody walks in the room, and you're like, oh, I was just flipping through the channels. <laughs> clean or unclean? That's a tough question. I know many of you are going, yes, finally, and he is going to list up on the screens the ten things that are clean and the ten things that are unclean, and I'm not, because our tendency is to want to come up with list after list after list after list of things that we say, there I can go and there I cannot. We like lists. Now, we don't always uh, perform perfectly keep those lists, but there's still some boundaries, and we go, well, there we can go, and there we can't. And, whoa, gosh, I really struggled with this week with the list. I mean, I know that's how it goes during confession. Well, let's see, I did that. I did, oh, yeah, this week, I actually loved my spouse. Well, then I yelled at my kids. Well, okay. And I missed that one, and I got that one right. And, and we, we come out at a list. And yet, I, I'm going to come to the point with our text this morning. The question isn't whether something is clean or unclean. The question is, is where is your heart. You see, is it inclined? Literally, let's use that word, inclined 
towards God? Or is your heart and life inclined to the world? Or maybe it's not the world, maybe it's yourself. You've got a great big picture of yourself here, and your heart is inclined towards what you want. The direction you want to go. The things that you think are pure and holy and right and divine, these are what you tell your friends. Well, this is what a good Christian does or listens to, or doesn't do, or doesn't listen to. And I'm not saying we shouldn't have this internal dialogue. I'm not saying we shouldn't meet in life groups and discuss with each other on things that are clean and unclean. We should. We should be spending time rather than trying to figure it out on our own as to what is clean and unclean, what is God-pleasing and what is not. And those are good, right discussions to have, and we should be encouraging one another and building one another up about what are the right things to do. But before we even have that discussion, we've got to discover where our heart is. Peter is confronted with a vision. Coming down from heaven is a sheet, and in that sheet, as he looks in there, are four-footed animals, which God, prior to this point, has said, do not eat. Reptiles and certain birds, God has said, do not go there. I am setting you apart from the other nations. The other nations, those people, they eat those things. You are not to do that. And now, Peter is seeing this vision. And in this vision, God says, Peter, go, kill, and eat. And Peter's response, I'm a good Jew. You can picture him saying inside, no, I have not eaten a four-footed animal. Pigs, pig's feet, okay? You can't have pork. Pork? What would we do without pork? Birds? There's quail and pheasant and dove to be eaten. I mean, come on. He's told, no, go. Kill. Eat. And Peter says, no, wait a minute. Nothing unclean has ever come in here. And God says, do not call what I have made clean unclean. Do not call what I have made clean, unclean. So let me ask you again. Let's start to work down through this intellectually here a little bit. Has God made chocolate clean? Well, hmm. Has God made red meat clean? What about pork? What about cakes and muffins and cookies? I mean, those things have eggs and milk and flour. Those are all healthy. Just a little bit of sugar added. 
You see, when we go about trying to answer these questions, when we literally try to apply law to these kinds of things, we're stuck a little bit because we go, well, I mean, initially the first bite of cake was God-pleasing. I praised the Lord, and he said, thus eat the entire piece, and I did, and I obeyed. And then somewhere around that first piece ending in my belly, I said, and if one is good, two is better. (laughs) And we went from two to half the cake. And someone came in and said, where is the cake? And you said, it is God-pleasingly in the belly that the Lord has made. And I have enjoyed, I have partaken. Where did the cake become unclean. When my heart said, I can do whatever I want. When my heart said, I'm not hurting anybody else, it's my belly. When my heart said, it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing, I get to decide for me. Now you can apply this to a lot of different things. Well, the government says this is now legal. Fill in the blank. Abortion. Pot. Some places, assisted suicide. Clean or unclean? It is a matter of the heart. This is why we know this. This topic is not the first time that it has come up. I want you to hear this. In Matthew chapter 15, Jesus has a discussion with the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. Some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Yep, and I see a couple of mothers going, "Mm mm-hmm. Wash your hands. Jesus replied, and why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? Basically, what he just said is, why do you insist on people keeping their traditions as if it honored God, when in fact you dishonor God by breaking His command, but you keep the tradition? For God said, honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses his father and mother must be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father and mother, whatever help you might otherwise have received from me is a gift devoted to God, then he is not honoring his father with it. Let me explain. First century Palestine, families were expected to take care of their elders. When they could no longer work, when they could no longer provide for themselves, either through illness or old age, the children in a family were expected to take care of their parents. Now, some believers were saying, gosh, Having mom and dad live with me, well, that's going to cost about, I don't know, 30%, maybe 40% of my income. That's a lot. Well, let's see. 
I'm supposed to take care of mom and dad, but I tell you, if I just give 10% to the church and say, mom, dad, I would have provided a better meal for you, but I gave it to Jesus. That's what was happening. Is that people were trying to get around the spirit of the law by making themselves feel good in another area. And it was all godly. It was for the church. It was for God. And Jesus calls them on it and says, wait a minute, I don't care what you do. Your heart's not right. He says, you hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he said, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. That's why this is a heart issue. We want it to be a law issue. We want it to be, well, I follow, and God says don't smoke this or do that or go over here or watch that, um, participate in that. I keep all those laws. I must be really holy. And here's the problem. You begin to love following laws and rules more than you love the rule giver. You begin to love thinking that you are honoring God, but in reality, all you're doing is checking off the box, looking in the mirror and going, all right. I have a classmate of mine who is no longer a pastor. He's resigned from the ministry earlier this year. He made the announcement to the congregation and to his fellow staff members, he said, I have to confess that for the last 10 years of ministry, I have found it more important to follow the rules, to be on time, and I have forgotten my first love, which is Jesus, with whom I have not loved. He thought it was more important to preach a good sermon, to be on time, to balance the budget, to make the right hires, to do all of the right things. And he forgot about his heart. He's writing a blog, and what he's finding out as he travels with his family around the country and as other pastors and church workers respond to his blog, that it is a growing and growing concern amongst pastors because they're leaving the ministry burnt out because what they realize is is they got more concerned about doing than loving Jesus. They relished the accomplishments of checking the boxes of the law that they were keeping. They forgot to have a heart that was rendered or inclined to Jesus. And friends, I don't want that for you. I sure as heck don't want it for me. The greatest love of my life is Jesus. He's the protector of my soul. 
He guards my heart and mind even when I choose to go down paths that I shouldn't be on and he guides and protects. He takes his staff, he gives me a whack, he reminds me, get on the path, David. And I love him for it. And there are plenty of times that I fail where the boxes don't get checked off, where I let this person down and that person down, and I don't follow through here, and I don't follow through there, but God still loves me. And friends, this can't be, the Christian life cannot be about following all of the rules. And you can't be putting that on your kids. I, I mean, I'm not saying change how you raise your children. There are rules to be followed. I, I get it. And there's convention to be had. But if we become rule followers rather than people lovers, then when they bury you, all they'll remember is, yep, he knew the rules and made me keep them. Thanks, Dad. And this is not God's desire. This is not His heart's desire. He does not want to have rule followers sitting in chairs or in pews worshiping His name. He wants hearts that are inclined, turned, facing, in love with Him. Passionate love. Kids, I know you may not have experienced this yet. Maybe you're starting, you're a little bit older. You've caught the eye of some guy in school. Or, or guys, there is a girl across from class, and you can't wait to be in class with her. Or parents, remember when you first saw your spouse, right? You saw them at the swimming pool. Or you saw them at the neighborhood cookout. Or you saw them at church. Or you saw, I know, at a bar. That's all right. It's okay. okay. Some of you, you met online, all right? And the first time you saw him, oh, you got hot, and, and your palms were sweaty, and your eyes, they start to dart around, you're like, I think they're looking at me. <laughs> yep, they're still looking, that's awesome. <laughs> okay, and you're nervous, and you kind of are laughing and going, ah, and, and you're like, oh, I gotta sit and hide. Some of you with those kind of personalities, I think they're, they're still looking. And others of you are walking up, coming, like, hey, how's it going? All right. Whatever your style, whatever your way, whatever your approach, here's my guess. You went on the pursuit. Oh, I know, ladies, how it kind of works sometimes. I mean, your pursuit looks like this. Come here. I'm over here. I, I've made a meal over here. Would you like to eat with me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Guys, we go on the hunt. Christian pastor, he's a comedian, tells a story. He says at his dorm, it was an all-male school, but it was down the block, half of a city, block, uh, half of a city mile, uh, six blocks, and, and uh, women's college. And the dorm closed at 10 p.m. at night. And he said all the guys at 9 o'clock would begin to prepare. 
and the William Till overture. And there was cologne, and there were showers being taken. I know, moms, this is hard to believe, but your children showered at 9 o'clock at night. And these guys would run at 9.30 just to get a half an hour to spend with their sweetie. They pursued them. They had a heart and a passion. Now, if you handled your relationship like this, you text, I would formally request the presence of yourself at dinner. Please be prompt at 7 o'clock. Check. Please wear appropriate attire for such and such a restaurant. Check. I will have you home by such and such an hour. Check. Ladies, if a guy did that, sent you a text, would you be just really enthralled by all of that wonderful checkbox information? Or would you like a guy to send a picture, a selfie? He's at the flower store going, <laughs> look what I'm bringing you. And you're like, oh. And he goes to the next door and he's got, I don't know, a box of chocolate. Says we're on chocolate this morning. And he takes a little selfie. I'm getting you. The, and you, oh. He's not even there yet. And you're going, dum, 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 dum. the heart is beating. And you're going, oh, oh, oh. Pursued. And passion. And what Peter finds out is that God doesn't care what you eat. He cares, do you have a heart for me? I mean a passionate, pursuing heart is everything that you are about in giving God honor and glory. And do you take time and do you take chances with that. Friday night, uh, my, my wife's a horse trainer. Cinda uh, has many clients that are not believers. And her assistant, who she's been working with for over a year, is getting ready to move, go off to college, and, and she's really quiet. I mean, she doesn't want to be recognized. I mean, she is a champion poop scooper, okay? I'm just going to put it on the line. She brushes horses. She tacks them up. She gets them ready for clients. They don't even know her name. She's in the background. And we wanted to say thank you. I said, absolutely, we're going to bring these people into our house. Her sister is a witch. Huh. Huh. Mom and dad, I, I don't know what planet they're on. We cooked a meal. We had 20, 25 people around, other clients, and just said thank you. And I said, so if you all would just join us in a prayer, I want to have a prayer of thanksgiving for her and a blessing. And you just watched everybody's face go, well, I guess we're at the pastor's house. <laughs> There's steak over there, but we got to go through this. <laughs> and what I watched were hard hearts soften. 
because we simply loved them. We just loved them where they were at, and we loved hearing about whatever spell the sister wanted to cast. And I, I mean, honestly, I just said, so, tell me. And we ate, and we drank, and we laughed. And by the end of the evening, we had a deeper relationship And a mom pulling me aside to say, you're the only, you're the only person who's ever blessed my daughter. Do you understand the passion? I have a passion for the lost. I will love you. I will love them. I will love everyone that I can. I don't necessarily agree. I may have my own list of clean and unclean. I may even find a Bible verse to back myself up, but that's not the issue. The issue is the heart. And to whom much is given, much is expected and required, friends. My prayer for you is that you would incline your heart to God in such a way more and more over and over that what begins to happen is that your life just simply aligns with God's because you have a heart like God's. That's what I've been praying for for you and that's what I'll continue to pray for all of us that God would change our hearts. And what God has taken in my unclean heart and now made clean, (laughs) then I live that way, clean by the blood of the Lamb. Amen.